Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. I'm preaching through Jeremiah. This morning we're in my favorite chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. What an awesome, wonderful, powerful chapter. I'm going to read verse 1, then skip to verse 4 and read all the way through verse 23. So read along with me. Jeremiah 29, verse 1. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Skip to verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses. And settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, but I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You may say, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. But this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne and all the people who remain in this city, your fellow citizens who did not go with you into exile. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will send the sword, famine, and plague against them. In other words, those prophets. And I will make them like figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten. I will pursue them with the sword, famine, and plague, and will make them abhorrent to the kingdoms of the earth, and a curse and an object of horror, of scorn and reproach among all the nations where I drive them, for they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord, words that I sent to them again and again by my servants, the prophets, and you exiles have not listened either, declares the Lord. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles whom I have sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says about Ahab, son of Kaliah, Zedekiah, son of Maaseah, who are prophesying lies to you in my name. 
I will deliver them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will put them to death before your very eyes. Because of them, all the exiles from Judah who are in Babylon will use this curse. May the Lord treat you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon burned in the fire, for they have done outrageous things in Israel. They have committed adultery with their neighbor's wives, and in my name they have uttered lies which I did not authorize. I know it, and I am a witness to it, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 29 consists of a letter that God dictated to Jeremiah to be communicated to the people of of Judah who were in Babylonian exile. And so God sent this letter to uh, Jeremiah to give to them, and um, it reveals, this letter reveals a divine plan that had to have been uh, at odds with the plan that these people expected God to have. And because of that situation, and because God's plan was different than they anticipated, and because they had to deal with, with God's real plan, I believe that what this letter has to say, had to say to them is so important for us. How many times have we thought God's plan was to go this way only to find out that it was this way? How many times... Have we seen someone, a godly someone, someone who walked with the Lord? I'm thinking of so many people, but one of them I'm thinking about is Chris Gould. I think about Chris Gould walking with the Lord and died in the way that that he did. And I'm thinking, Lord, wasn't there a better plan? I think about the Jerry Thompsons and the J.T. Joyners and the Charlie Paces uh, who the last years of their lives, their minds faded away to the point that they didn't recognize anybody because of Alzheimer's. And, and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, God, I, these, these people, uh, Charlie and Jerry and J.T. And, and there are others, and I'm thinking, they were so good to us. Was there not a better plan? And yet God had a different plan. I'm thinking of people who, also in this church, who are just among the most godly people I know, and yet they have children who care nothing about God, care nothing about this church, care nothing about their spiritual condition. And these, these parents, these godly parents, I mean, if I listed some names, you'd, you'd agree with me. You'd say, man, that's right, some of the most godly. And yet, yet they prayed and they clung to Proverbs 22, 6. If you raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And yet they're, they're, they're continuing to depart from it with no end in sight. And you're thinking, God, is there not a better plan? Sometimes God's plan is different from our plan. What the people thought in Jeremiah's day 
what they thought would be God's plan and what was really God's plan were two totally different things. For instance, they believed that God's plan was not to let Jerusalem and Jerusalem's temple be destroyed. After all, that was God's city, the most holy city on earth, and the temple was God's house. But that wasn't God's plan. God let the city and the temple be destroyed. They believed that God's plan was to wipe out their enemies before them. He'd even said such back in the books of uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges. And yet, that wasn't God's plan either. God let his, their enemies overtake them. They believed that God would not allow them, once he had taken them to Babylon, they, that he would not allow them to stay long. Get a picture of them. These folks, Jerusalem's been invaded. Nebuchadnezzar gathered them up. He's taken them 800 miles to the east of Babylon. They're standing there. Nebuchadnezzar's soldiers are saying, y'all might as well unpack those bags. They still got their suitcases in their hands, clothes still packed up in those suitcases. And they're thinking, we're not going to be here long because God, I mean, we didn't think he was going to let us take our city, but he's certainly not going to let us, he's not going to let us stay here long. But God did. They thought God's plan was one thing. God's plan turned out to be another thing. They thought God wanted them to hate their enemies. But instead, God required them to get along with their enemies. That's part of the letter. We'll see that in a moment. They thought that God's plan was like this. They thought that God's plan was real prophets tell us what we want to hear. But that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works today. God's prophets tell you what God wants you to hear. And most of the time, what God wants you and me to hear, we don't want to hear. So sometimes what we think is God's plan or should be God's plan is at odds with what really is God's plan. And what do we do when God's plan is not the plan we ask for? So I want to share with you some things as quickly as I can. First, when God's plan is different from our plan, we need to realize that God has placed you where you are. Verse 1, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those, notice, I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. You see that? Notice he did not say, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those that the Babylonians carried away. Now, the Babylonians did carry them away, but that's not what God says here in this verse 4. The very opening of the letter, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Jeremiah is quoting him, to all those I carried into exile. These people are thinking, God didn't have anything to do with carrying us into exile. God's saying, oh, yes, I did. I put you there. You and I may from time to time find ourselves in situations that we can't believe God would would lead us into. And yet, if he has led us into them, we need to realize that God is the one who's in control. God has placed you where you are. He said, man, I can't believe that. Believe it. Second, 
When you find that God's plan and your plan, your, what you thought would be his plan are different, not only realize that God has placed you where you are, but second, make the best of your situation and get yourself busy. Verse 5. Now remember, they're in, they're in Babylon. They haven't unpacked their bags yet. What does he say to them? You need to build houses and settle down. You need to plant gardens and stay long enough to eat what those gardens produce. You need to marry if you're not married, and you need to have sons and daughters. Oh, my gosh. I don't think we're going to have time to do that. (laughs) We're not planning on being here that long. Marry and have sons and daughters. Not only that, but your sons are going to grow up, and your daughters are going to grow up, and you need to find companions for them, too, so that they can have sons and daughters. You need to increase there, not decrease. Make the best of your situation. That means, number one, you need to unpack your bags because you're going to be there a while. You're going to need the garments you've got in there. And you need to build houses. Stop just wandering around, moping around. Stop moping around, complaining. Stop trying to lay blame here and there and everywhere. I put you there. Build your houses. Unpack your bags. Plant your gardens. Eat the produce and build your families. If you find yourself in a place that you didn't think God was going to lead you, but he has led you there, make the best of the situation where you have. And my friend, you're the only one who can do that. God is already going to do it, but it depends on you. He's not going to override your and my free will. So make the decision wherever you are, no matter how dark it is, no matter how terrible the situation is, make the decision that you are going to make the best of where you are and, and where God has led you. Amen. And get busy. Third, make peace with your enemies and pray for them. The doggone it. God, can you just leave stuff like that out? There's some folks I don't like. I know, pastors aren't supposed to say that. Let me just tell you, there's some folks I don't like. And I don't want to pray for them. I'm 58 years old. When I was 28... I wasn't willing to stand at the pulpit and say that I didn't like anybody because, you know, young preachers just don't do And number, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there were people I didn't want to pray for. I'm 58 now, and there are folks I don't like, and there are folks I don't want to pray for. So what did God say to me? You better love them, bro. And you better pray for them. Listen, if there was anybody who didn't deserve them to make peace with, it was the Babylonians. But verse 7 says this, also... Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city, meaning the the inhabitants of that city, to which I have carried you into exile. You are to pray for it because if it prospers, you will prosper. You've heard the stereotype. It's partly true, partly not true, uh, as most stereotypes are. But you've heard the idea that that, uh, Jewish people are very, very good in business. You've probably heard that, and many of them are. A lot of Wall Street brokers are Jewish, Jewish heritage. They didn't learn that in Jerusalem. They learned that in Babylon. It was in Babylon that they learned business. And when Babylon prospered, they prospered. So much so that 70 years later, when some of the folks, God let some of the folks start coming back to Jerusalem, a good number of them, even a majority of them says, you know, 
I think I'm going to stay here. Business is good here. The economy is pretty good in Babylon. I don't want to go back. Make peace with your enemies. Do you have any enemies? Don't tell me you don't. One of my problems is I'm a newsaholic. I read the news every morning. I watch the news every evening. And I get updates throughout the day. And that's the biggest mistake I think I've ever done. I am addicted to the news. I don't, read, I don't get the news just from one outlet. I try to get a better. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm gonna, just going to tell you right now. We're in a world so full of hatred, it's unbelievable. And instead of bombing people or shooting people or verbally bombing people, God says through Jeremiah, seek the peace of those people. Now, if you think I'm meddling right here, let me just tell you, you read it yourself. And if you don't like it, your problem's not with me. Fourth, boy, I got to hurry. Be careful whom you listen to. Not everyone speaks for God. You say, well, you're, 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 you're just treading on. No, this is what the text says. Look at verse 8. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners. This is plural. Do you see that? Prophets has an S on the end of it. Did y'all see it? And diviners, did you see that? Plural. There's a lot of them. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. Did you read that? In other words, these quote-unquote prophets and diviners, they are having so-called dreams and visions from God that you have asked them to have so that they can in turn share back with you exactly what you want to hear. And God says, I am going to burn them. Verse 15, you say, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. But here's what I say. I'm going to send the sword, the famine, the plague against every one of them, and I will make them like figs that are so bad they can't be eaten. I'm going to pursue them with the sword, famine, and plague. I'll make them abhorrent even to the other nations of the earth, a scorn and a reproach, a curse and an object of horror. Because they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord. Words that I sent them again and again by my servants, the prophets, and you exiles have not listened either. Wow. Therefore, I will deliver those prophets into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will put them to death right before your very eyes. I'm just going to say this very quickly. There are a lot of people claiming to speak for God today. And some of you, some of us, 
love what they're saying. And hear me, they're not telling you the truth. Number five, your situation is going, to be lo- is going to last longer than you want it to. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed, what? How many? Say that again, come again. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. I'm going to tell you what I've found, and you've found this too. In fact, y'all, y'all know this more than I do. When bad things happen, they tend to drag along. And the the aggravating thing for those of us who are people of faith, who are Christians, we know that God is all-powerful and all-knowing, so he could go and fix it. And yet, most of the time, he does not do it that way. Most of the time, he works over the long haul. These people still had their suitcases in hand. He says, now, when 70 years, in other words, you need to unpack those suitcases. Your situation will last longer than you want. Finally, number six, and finally, God does have a plan. And because God has a plan, there is always hope. Listen, I may not be able to see God's plan in my life. There may be days when I can see it. There may be days when I can't see past the nose on my face what God's plan is for me. And you've probably been there too. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. If God has a plan, and he does, the Bible promises us he has a plan. If God has a plan, then because God has a plan, there is always hope for us. Verse 11 Don't you love verse 11? My gracious. For I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So that then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you and you'll seek me and you'll find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I'll be found of you and I'll bring you back from captivity. I'll gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you and I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. How many times have you found out that what God makes happen in your life is not what you expected him to make happen in your life? It's happened to me more times than I care to count. Probably you too. To those of us who sometimes find ourselves strung out in Babylon, And far from home, and we feel isolated from anybody who cares. Here's what God is saying. Sit tight, stay tuned, and keep trusting. Let's pray. Our Father, oh. Why is it a surprise to us that we can't fully fathom the way you work?
Why is that a surprise? If we could fathom the way you work, I mean totally fathom it, totally comprehend it. What kind of God would you be if mere human beings could fathom your works and your thoughts? Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your, your ways and thoughts are so much higher than anything that we could even begin to comprehend. But Lord, we're a people in trouble. And in trouble, our temptation is to listen to those who tell us what we want to hear. And they sound like you, Lord. They are like ventriloquists. God, help us to sort through the garbage and the fog in our world to hear the voice of God telling us the truth. And Lord, we know it's going to be hard because we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. I pray for our church people right here that we will discern what is true. In Jesus' name, amen.